So I love that saying that says, you cannot share what you don't have. So this is one thing that I like to share this morning, what the Lord has done in my life. Because I know that, uh, that you could not argue with a testimony, amen? So when people ask me, Jem, what is your work? And when I tell them I'm a missionary, and then the next thing that they ask is, so where is your mission field? I tell them, you know what, that's quite a complicated question for me to answer because I don't have a permanent mission field. So that's weird. You are a missionary and you don't have a permanent mission field. So how does that work? And I tell them, when I'm in Asia, the Lord brings me to one country after another almost every month. And when I'm in the U.S., the Lord is bringing me to one state after another almost every week. That's why I look jet lag all the time. <laughs> and... And they'll ask me the next question. So, wow, that's, uh, that's quite an expensive lifestyle. And I said, yes, I have a very rich father. Amen. Yeah. So I said, okay, so tell me who is your sponsor. And I said, God is my sponsor. I said, we know that God is your sponsor, but tell me who really is your sponsor. I tell them, God is my sponsor. Friends, you know what? I was inspired by a testimony of one pastor. It was not even his testimony. He was talking about George Mueller. And, friends, it really pays attention to, to listen, isn't it? I remember Romans uh, 10, verse 17, it says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the moment I heard a testimony, my faith begins to grow. He talked about George Mueller, and George Mueller, for those of you who do not know, lived in a time where almost around him, almost nobody believed that there is a God who hears and answers prayer. So he dedicated his life to prove to people that there is a God who hears and answers prayer. So he decided not to receive any salary, not to receive any stipend, and he'll not do any solicitation or any donation campaign. He'll only come to the Lord. Whenever he needed something, he'll bend his knees. And friends, just imagine, he has an orphanage. And feeding like 100 to 200 mouths per day, that's, not, that's no joke. And you know what? The Lord is faithful that every single time he needed something. And when he comes to the Lord in prayer... The Lord gives the answer. And when George Mueller passed away, they had a tally of every answer to his prayer. And friends, you know what? It amounted to $7,250,000. US yes, that's the first word that came out of my mouth. Wow. Can we say it all together? Wow. It is a big Wow. But when I saw, when, when I heard, when did this happen? It happened in the 1800s. It's even a bigger, wow. I remember I shared this message a few weeks ago in Battle Creek, and a friend of mine was in the audience. He went to his app and somehow gave this computation. He converted the money on, on our time now, on our date, and it amounted to, more than 200 million U.S. dollars. The moment I realized that, my dear friends, I begin to, to look at myself and say, wow, this is what happens when you take the Lord seriously. This is what happens when you take prayer seriously. And when I look at what happened in my life, the things that have, I have accomplished is just because of the little strength that I have. I need to see God working in my life. So I told God, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, then I'll make this deal with you. I want to follow the footsteps of George Mueller to see if you are the same God that, that hears and answers prayer. So friends, I told God, if you want me to be a missionary, I don't want to receive any salary, any regular stipend, and I will not tell people about my needs. I will only come to you. My dear friends, I have been a missionary for the past eight years and four months. No salary, no stipend. No stable job, but I have a stable God. Amen? Yeah. And stable miracles. This is what my fellow missionary said. And, and I remember when people asked me that. So, Jim, tell me, how does that work? You'll not tell people about, about your need. And then you have been traveling all over the world. And I said, I, I come to the Lord. I kneel. And before I kneel, my dear friends, usually one thing that happens is my knees will begin to shake. You know what happens when your knees begin to shake? It means to say that you have to fold them. 
So I, I asked the Lord, Lord, if you want me to go to such and such a place, then you have to provide. And sure enough, the Lord is so faithful to his promise. I will receive phone call or sometimes email or text messages, but most of the time a phone call. And the phone call will go like this. Hey, Jem, are you going somewhere? And I said, yes. How did you know? It's quite creepy sometimes. You did not tell anybody. <laughs> and then people will tell you, are you going somewhere? And I said, yes. How did you know? I said, I was fast asleep last night, and the Lord woke me up. And I could not go back to bed until I resolved to give you a call the next morning. So where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Indonesia or sometimes Malaysia. And the people on the other end will say, okay, consider your tickets bought. <laughs> Friends, this did not happen only once. It happened only twice, but it has been happening for the past eight years and four months of my life. Because the moment you walk with God, the moment you take God at His word, you begin to realize that He is faithful. And when you continually walk with Him, you begin to realize that He is continually faithful, consistently faithful. So on one particular time, a friend of mine asked me this question. Uh, she's also a fellow missionary. I consider his, her as, uh, as my, one of my closest sisters. She said, Jem, so... Uh, until when do you want to become a missionary? And I look back at my life before, friends, I was a photographer. I was a wedding photographer, uh, portrait photographer. Yes, I'm always the photographer, never the groom. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm single, but not advertising. So. <laughs> so I look back at my life, and I look back, and when I look at my missionary life now, and I'm thinking, there's... There's nothing more than this. If God allows me to be a missionary for the rest of my life, then be it. And then she said, you know what, Jem, it's good that you want to be a missionary for the rest of your life, but I know that you don't have any training for evangelism or something. Uh, I graduated business. So she suggested, at least apply for an evangelism training. And then she told me, apply in Amazing Facts. I said, okay, I'll do that. And you know what, friends? Amazing facts opened in the Philippines during that year. You know where? In front of our house. <laughs> it's like here in the parking lot. And then she asked me this question, are you planning to apply in PAFCO instead of AFCO? Said, of course, it's just in front of our house. So no, 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 Jim. Apply in amazing facts in the U.S. And I told, I told her sister it's impractical. I said, why? I said, For us Filipinos, it's, it's quite difficult. I don't have a visa. Then apply for one. It's easy for you to say you're not a Filipino. <laughs> for us Filipinos, it's like winning a lottery to get a U.S. visa, especially U.S. visa. And I said, Jen, you have been living by faith for the past almost two years. Then why not move by faith now? So I told her, okay. <laughs> I said, oh, have, do you catch yourself sometimes? You said, okay. You, we... We bring up all these beautiful, powerful verses and not really convinced by the things that we're saying. We're saying, with God, all things are possible. But at the back of your mind, you're asking, really? <laughs> or you're singing the song, I surrender all. Hmm. Aren't we the biggest hypocrites? And I was the chief. I professed to my family and friends that I have been living a life of faith for the past two years. And now faith it's very needed, and faith is one thing that I don't have. So I, I told God, okay, Lord, if you want me to go, then you have to provide. Because the interview fee is 160 US dollars. And if you're not receiving any salary, 160 is quite a fortune. So I told God, if you want me to go, then you have to provide. The Lord provided more than 200 US dollars. Good for you, sister. You said amen. The first thing that came to my mind when I received more than 200 US dollars, this will just go to waste. Because a year before that, a friend of mine impulsively invited me to speak in New Zealand. So I impulsively applied for a visa. I got impulsively denied. <laughs> and that rejection kept on haunting me and thinking, Lord, that was New Zealand and I got denied US. What chance do I get? But the Lord somehow prompted me. Did I provide what you have been asking? So I said, okay. And I told God, you will lose your money. I'm trying to advise God on what to do with his resources. 
So I move forward, I pay the amount, and friends, the moment I pay the amount, something happened. I could not sleep. I don't know about you, I don't have trouble sleeping almost everywhere in airplanes. And I praise God that He made me small. In airplanes, before the fasten seatbelt sign is off, I'm out. And since I'm small, every accommodation is first class. I have a lot of leg room. I always look at my American friends when we travel, and their knees are against the wall. I'm sorry, tall people. And I'll look at them and say, it's hard, huh? And I could sleep anywhere. And even trains, friends. In the Philippines, the trains are so packed, you could not fall to the ground. And I was traveling in a train one time, 45 minutes, and my friend was looking at me and told me later, you were sleeping all the way through, standing up. <laughs> friends, I discovered that I have the gift of public sleeping. <laughs> but then, friends, you know what? That night, that gift did not work. For the next few nights, I could not sleep. Every time I close my eyes, every time I dream, I dream about U.S. Embassy interview. And I always get denied, denied. And I will wake up in the middle of the night panting and think, <sighs> and I'm losing sleep and I'm losing weight. I'm thinking, Lord, I'm not the kind of person that has the right to lose more weight. <laughs> and friends, I, I remember that I forgot something. For the next five or six nights, I forgot to pray. It's quite a sad and a shameful thing to admit. I'm in the prayer ministry and I forgot to pray. This is one thing I learned, friends. The Lord put me in the prayer ministry not because I'm the most effective, vibrant prayer leader. The Lord put me in the prayer ministry because I needed prayer. And sometimes we think that we are the gift of the ministry. Sometimes we're thinking that, oh, if not me, you are not saying it aloud, but in the back of your mind you're saying, if not for me, that would not have progress there. Friends, get this. The ministry is a blessing to us. The church is a blessing to us. Sometimes we're thinking, God is so lucky to have me on His side. My dear friends, without God, we are nothing. So that evening, I woke up and, and I remembered the Lord nudged me. You forgot something, so I prayed. The first thing that I prayed, Lord, help me out. I don't know what to do. Friends, you know what? That's the best prayer that we can pray. Because most of the time, we know what to do. Most of the time, we think we know what to do. And as a result, our prayers are not as desperate as it should be. Our prayers are not as sincere as it should be. Our prayers are just like, Lord, please bless this. Amen. But friends, when we are in need, when you recognize your need, your prayers begin to change. So I prayed, and the Lord somehow, the Lord somehow reminded me, Jen, open your passport. I opened my passport, my dear friends, and I saw that for the, for the past two years that I've been traveling for the cause of God, the Lord has brought me to a lot of places. My passport was halfway stamped. Nearly 20 pages were already stamped. The Lord reminded me, who took care of those travel? Oh Lord, I'm sorry, I forgot it was all you. And the Lord somehow compelled me, then give this to me, lay it all the altar. And I said, Lord, I surrender this to you. The moment I said that prayer, my dear friends, I had total peace. I had peace that passed understanding. And for the first time in the past six nights that I was not able to sleep, I slept like a baby. And the next, let's fast forward. Now it was my time for the interview. I wore my long sleeves. I wore my tie. Of course, I don't wear my jacket in the Philippines. It's too hot. So I sat down for the interview. The moment I sat down, friends, I could not breathe. I don't know what's happening. It's like all my insights were trying to come out. My, my heart was beating so loud, beating so fast, and I'm thinking, Lord, I should not be in this condition before the interview. I could not imagine myself being interviewed. What's your name? My name is Demacasto. And then you fall to the ground and die. I'm thinking, Lord, this is not a good picture. I was looking around for a place to pray. Friends, the U.S. Embassy was filled up with people. So I said, Lord, please teach me what to do. And there was this thought, bathroom. I went to the bathroom, and friends, praise God, the U.S. Embassy bathroom is clean. I closed the cubicle, knelt down, and plead before God. 
This is one amazing thing about our God. Remember, he says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, Will what? Seek me, and you will find me when you search for me for, with half of your heart. Amen. Amen. With all of your heart. And this is one thing I remembered, friends. This is one thing I learned. When you seek God with all your heart, any place in this world will be transformed into a prayer room. And the Lord gave me peace that passes understanding. And now I came out. And it was my time to be interviewed. And the first question was asked, Mr. Castor? I said, yes, sir. How much is your monthly income? I'm thinking, I'm dead. First question was monthly income right away. The Lord compelled me to be honest. So I said to him, I'm sorry, sir, but I don't have monthly income. He said, why is that? I'm a missionary volunteer, sir, so I don't get pay, paid for my work. I said, then how do you live? I live by faith, sir. <laughs> I said, okay, I live by faith too, but tell me, how do you really live? How do you buy your food? How do you buy your clothes? And I said, the Lord provides, sir, which is true. And, and he opened my passport. By the way, friends, the only document that I was able to bring and the only document that was valid in my life was my passport. I did not have anything. So he opened my passport and he said, if you're not paid for your work, how come you travel so much? And he said, sir, I'm in a prayer ministry. I'm a missionary and the Lord uses other people to pay for my fare. I said, okay, fair enough. But how about your hotel? How about your, your food? How do you survive outside of the Philippines? It's not cheap to travel. And I said, sir, I live in the homes of those people who invited me and they feed me, which is true. And then he was, he was running out of question. <laughs> Friends, he's the one who's having a hard time now. <laughs> and he came up with quite a difficult question and he said, how about emergencies? Do you encounter emergencies? I said, yes, sir, emergencies are unavoidable. So how are you able to pay for emergencies? said, sir, the Lord is faithful that the Lord provides the right amount of money for the right amount of emergencies. I said, so you're telling me that you receive money for emergencies? He said, yes, sir, God is faithful. He yelled at me. He said, then you just lied to me. He said, how come, sir? Said, because a while ago you're telling me that you don't receive any amount of money for your work. And now you're telling me that you receive money for emergencies. Friends, that's quite a difficult question to answer. Remember my condition before, my panic attack condition? <laughs> I would not have had an answer for that. I would have just answered like, and then fall to the ground and die. <laughs> I would have received a death certificate rather than a U.S. visa, friends. Seriously, I'm not joking. I would not have had an answer for that. But you know what? God is faithful that even before he finished asking the question, the Lord gave the answer. And the answer, friends, came out and I told him, Sir, a while ago, you're asking for a regular monthly income, but emergencies, sir, are not regular. <laughs> it's quite a smart answer, isn't it? <laughs> Friends, I'm not that smart. True story. Seriously. When those words came out of my mouth, I had this expression at the back of my head like... <laughs> I tell you, friends, this is what happens when you see God miraculously working in your life. You know for a fact that it's not because of your preparation. It's not because of your education. It's not because of your great intellect. It's only because of the goodness of God. It's only because of a miracle. And I saw him. He's still confused. There's a great controversy battle going there. So I told him, sir, from the very beginning, I, I was honest with you. I didn't want to give you a salary range that I don't earn, and I don't want to give you a bank account that I don't have. Sir, I don't, eat, I don't have any bank account. I have been living by faith for the past two years. And then he gave me a very, very problematic look, and he said, then tell me, how should I feel in this question? <laughs> Monthly income. We're still in question number one, friends. <laughs> And I told him, honestly speaking, sir, I don't know. And he gave another big sigh. He said, okay, monthly income. He typed in, not applicable. <laughs> he asked me more questions and more questions. And finally he said, congratulations, application has been approved. And I said, what? <laughs> Seriously, friends, even until then, I was not really believing or having faith that I will 
be granted a U.S. visa. And people will say, no, Jen, it's because of your strong faith that you had that visa. I said, were you listening to the testimony? Have you, have you heard that my knees were shaking and I have been having sleepless nights? If I had a strong faith, that would not have happened. It's only because of the goodness of God, friends. Amen? Amen. The moment I got out of the U.S. Embassy, I called my sister and my sister was crying on the other end. And she said, Jem, it's really God's will for you to go. You know what, my dear friends? It is really God's will because before I stood up, I had this impression in my heart and I know it was the Holy Spirit. And God somehow spoke to my heart. When you get your visa approved, remember, this is not because of what you have. You have nothing. It's not because of who you are. You are a nobody. It will only be, be because of the goodness of your God. Indeed, my dear friends. And I love this, this beautiful quote here from, from God's amazing grace that says, Men can accomplish nothing without God. How much can we accomplish without God? Nothing. Can we say it louder? Nothing. Can we say it like we mean it? Nothing. You know what? I made you repeat that again and again and again. Because it's a beautiful quote to listen to, isn't it? It sounds good in the ears. But we don't, we are not really convinced by it. Because if we do, my dear friends, I think our decision making will change. Maybe in the manner how we live our lives and how we worship will change. And how we make decisions. We will not have confidence unless we know that it is God who's asking us to make the right step. The next step. My dear friends, without God, we are nothing. Amen? So, I, I remember a friend of mine, uh, an older friend, told me this, uh, this statement. You know what, Jem? Your testimony is really good, really powerful, but there's one part of your testimony, testimony that I'm not really convinced of. And he said, which part is that? When you said that without God, that we are nothing. And I said, why? And she said, because I left the church for like 32 years. 32 years, I, I was enjoying the world and all, and, and I was still able to accomplish a lot of things. I was able to be top in my company. I was able to put up this type of business. And then thinking, wow, Lord, that's quite a difficult argument there. And the Lord gave me the answer. I told him, you know what, brother? The only reason why were you able to do such and such a thing is only because of the goodness of God. If God totally removed his finger from you, you know what you'd become? Remember Nebuchadnezzar? He was roaming around his kingdom like a beast, eating grass for the next seven years. That's what we've become without the goodness of God in our lives. So my dear friends, we have nothing to be bragging about. The moment, friends, I went back to my hometown, my sister-in-law asked me this question. So when are you going to the U.S.? Forgot to tell you, friends, I got my visa approved January 10. An amazing start, amazing fact starts, begin, uh, begins on, on January 24. And I arrive at home a week after I receive the visa. And then I'm thinking, I don't know when I'm going. I said, do you even have a ticket? I said, I don't have a ticket. So how are you going to go? It's the Lord's problem, not mine. <laughs> I was saying those words, but my knees were shaking. And then when I went to our conference office to complete all the requirements, I received a phone call. And the phone call went like this, a long-distance call. Jem, I saw on Facebook that you got your visa approved. When are you going to the U.S.? I said, I don't know yet. What do you mean you don't know yet? Do you even have a ticket? I said, no, not yet. Then how are you going to go? This time I was about to break down. I said, it's the Lord's problem, not mine. This person said, that's why the Lord has been bothering me. I'll pay for your fare. Friends, this was at the last minute. It was January peak of travel in the Philippines. When I got my ticket, it cost 2,700 US dollars. Isn't God a faithful God? I was so busy worrying about those things that I even forgot to pray. And God is faithful. He gave me that ticket, and when I showed it to my sister-in-law, she said, truly there is a God. Amen? Amen? So when I went back home, my sister, other sister asked me, so praise God, you have a ticket, you have a visa. Do you have pocket money? I said, mm-hmm. She did not ask how much. Can you guess how much money I have in my pocket? 
Zero, sister, I'm poor, but I'm not that poor. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm just kidding. I only have 50 pesos in my pocket, and that's even less than a dollar. It's basically zero. And she did not ask. And another friend of mine from another island, you know, Philippines is composed of 7,641 islands. Yeah, Indonesia, 17,000. So, and this friend of mine said, Kuya Jan, come visit our hometown before you go pray with us. They are very close to me. I said, I can't. I said, why? I just can't. No, give me a better reason than that. I just can't. No, I will not. I will not let you off this. I said, I don't have money. And then she told me, just borrow money from your sister and then we'll pay you back. And I'm thinking, remember my deal with God? It's not to ask, not to borrow. And I was trying to justify my my action, I was about to break my deal with God. But before I could do that, one person came running towards our house. I said, Jem, when are you going? I said, here's a little something for you. He gave me an envelope, hugged the person, went up to my room and opened the envelope. Inside was 250 US dollars. And I broke down and thinking, Lord, even at the times that I was about to break our deal, you are still faithful. You didn't want me to go past beyond what we have agreed just to prove that you can provide. Amen? Amen. One by one, I received gifts from friends. One person gave me $100. One person gave me 500 pesos. Another person gave me two boxes of Dove winter soap. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Lord, you're even concerned of my dry skin. <laughs> Another person gave me a lip balm. And I'm thinking... God is so awesome. He even foresees the things that we do not realize that we need it for the moment. You see how faithful your God is? How amazing your God is. So I move forward. And one moment I, I reached amazing facts. We were supposed to pay the tuition fee. And I didn't have the money for the tuition fee. I only have a few hundred dollars and I gave the 125, which is required. It's actually a, a bond. So I gave the 125, and the teacher saw that I gave that amount. He asked me, Jem, can I talk, can I talk to you in my office? And we sat down. He, he said, Jem, I just want to, to ask you, I, I don't want to pressure you or anything, but I just want to ask you, how are you going to pay for the remaining balance? And I'm thinking, sir, uh, honestly speaking, I don't know. I don't know when I can pay that, uh, and I don't know how. But what I know is God gave me the ticket at the last minute. God gave me the visa that I'm not supposed to have. So for sure the Lord wants me to be here. And then he said, okay, that's fair enough. Then I'll give you, I'll give you the due date, the last due date for payment. That's a month before the graduation. It's a four-month training, friends. So whatever you receive, just, just give it to us. I said, okay. And, and said, by the way, I just want to let you know that food is not included in the tuition fee. I said, okay. So, sir, how much would I budget for food? And he gave me a, a little history of Sacramento. I said, Jem, Sacramento is the capital of California. And you're living in Rocklin. And we are the first batch, by the way, friends, that moved from Weimar to Rocklin. So he said, uh, by the way, Rocklin is quite an expensive place to live. So do you cook? I said, so I, I don't cook, sir. During the time, I don't know how to cook. At least now I could fry some, some noodles. And then, <laughs> and then he said, so a jam budget around 120 to 140 US dollars. And I said, oh, he asked me first, is this a tight budget? And I told him, very, very, very tight, sir. <laughs> so, so budget around 120 to 140 US dollars. And I said, per month, sir? And no, per week. <laughs> Friends, my jaw just dropped. I'm thinking... How am I going to survive? And my money is just like 110. And how am I going to survive for the next four months when I could barely survive for the next week? And when I came out of that, of that uh, office, my faith was shaken again. And I was asking, Lord, Lord, how? And the Lord reminded me, who gave you the ticket? Who gave you the visa? Who gave you Dove winter soap? <laughs> Friends, we often forget, don't we? We often forget the faithfulness of God. And there's this very powerful quote here from last day events which says, We have nothing to fear for the future except we what? We shall forget the way the Lord has led us and His teachings in our past history. 
This is the problem with us. We always remember hurts. We always remember grudges. But we forget the Lord's faithfulness. If there's one thing that it's worth looking back on, is the Lord's faithfulness, my dear friends. And here is another very powerful quote that I just read last month from Testimony Treasures, Volume 2, page 204, paragraph 4. It says, Review what God has done, and then know that it is only the beginning of what He is willing to do. Isn't that powerful? Review what God has done, and remember and know that He is... Friends, we have a faithful God. Look back in your life. My story right now is just, it's just a testament for each and every life that is hearing this story right now that I know you have a story to tell as well. So I came forward and I said, okay, Lord, and let's, let's move then. And friends, every, every time I needed something, the Lord was there. I will, I will see friends message me on Facebook so, Jam, you're here. I'm just like a couple of hours away. And they'll come and visit. The next week, they'll call me. Jam, let's go. Let's have dinner. I said, thank you, Lord, free food. I'll go out with them. After the dinner, almost every week this happens. Different person will bring me out, take me out to eat in a lavish restaurant. And afterwards, they, they'll buy me some groceries. My, my little arms will be will be shaking, carrying those groceries back to my apartment. And my classmates will look at me and say, where did you get that? I said, from the Lord. <laughs> Which is true, amen? Everything comes from God. Every time that I needed something, the Lord just provided. My dear friends, such a powerful, powerful verse that says, and my God shall what? Shall supply some of your needs. Thank God you're still awake. What will supply all of our needs? And there's this powerful quote as well that's, that's found in Ministry of Healing which says, Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. So if you have 500 ways, how many ways are there left for the Lord? 500? Very simple mathematics, isn't it? But it's wrong. I'm sorry, sir, but it's wrong. Listen. Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Friends, if you know 500 ways, that's your ways. That's not included in the promise. These are a thousand ways that you don't know of. And yet we are, most of the time, we are stuck to our own ways. And we miss out on the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. So, Every time I needed something, friends, the Lord just provided. The Lord will send me checks, $100, $50. There was one time $500 anonymous donor. And every time I, re I receive something, I always set aside what belongs to God. My tithes, my father will always, I always hear his voice in my head. Do not play around with the Lord's money. That is a sacred money. But sometimes, friends, when you do not have much, the tithe looks so attractive, isn't it? Look away. Look away. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, I, I need it right now. I'll pay it back. Friends, do not do that. And I did not have peace. And the Lord somehow convicted my heart and praised God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord convicted me. If you do that, you, you'll be violating two things, stealing and coveting. I said, okay, Lord, please help me out here. Change my heart. And this is one prayer that the Lord wants to answer. Amen? And the Lord somehow reminded me it's not just the 10% that belongs to Him. It's the whole 100%. And when I got that, I said, Oh Lord, the 10% is not even enough. So I, I was prompted. I was somehow inspired to give Him another 10%. So now I'm giving 20%. This is one thing I learned, friends. You could not outgive God. It's like shoveling to the Lord's side and the Lord shovels back to you. The Lord doesn't want to lose in this contest, friends. He could shovel faster and he uses a bigger shovel. And my friend said, Jem, the Lord does not use a shovel. I said, what does the Lord use then? He uses tractors. I said, you'll never win. And this is one thing, friends, that we have to remember. We could not outgive God. If you're struggling financially, friends, review we might have something that we have kept from God. 
because you could not outgive the Lord. Amen. I could, I could attest to that. This, this sermon here right now is not enough to tell you how the Lord has been blessing. So, moving forward. And we have, we have an evangelistic series at the end of, of our course. So, the month before we ended our course, we have this evangelistic series. And some of our attendees could not afford to go. Some are students. Some are low-income families. And my friend passed the hat. And they said, let's, let's contribute to those people who, who needs to go. This is for the salvation. I said, okay. And I remember, I have the second tithe. And I said to, I said to, to the pastor, pastor, can I use my second tithe for this? I said, Jem, you know what? That's, that's, a good, that's a good cause. Just do not touch your primary tithe. I said, okay. And I started giving. Every single week, I'm now the financier. And I'm thinking, wow. I feel like I'm the richest little Filipino here. <laughs> and friends, you know what? At the end of the course, when I tallied everything, I have given the amount of 380 US dollars. I'm not telling you this to brag about anything, but I, I'm telling you this, you know why? I want you to look back how much money I have in my pocket before I went to, to the US. 50 pesos. 50 pesos, that's less than $1. And it doesn't make sense. Why am I giving 380 US dollars now? And 380 is just the 10% of what I have received. Isn't God an amazing God? Amen. With God, you can do the math. You cannot explain it. You have to trust Him. Amen? Amen. So friends, and those are, those are the amount of money that passed through my hands. But sometimes, friends, you know what? The blessings could be a lot that we overlook the blesser. Any good thing the enemy sometimes will use to take our focus of Jesus. Even the good things. Remember Peter when he was walking on water? All the while I thought that it was the storm that somehow distract his focus from the Lord. When I read the commentary, it says, Peter was so amazed by his newfound power. He was walking, he was looking at Jesus, and friends, get this. When you are looking at Jesus, you're doing the impossible. You're not supposed to walk on water. Why was he able to do that? Because he was fixing his eyes upon Jesus. But then, he got so amazed by his newfound power, he looked back towards his friends who are at the boat like... <gasps> Isn't it? Human tendencies, friends. We get the glory that should belong to God. And the Lord somehow reminded me, two weeks past my due date, I still have $2,000 balance. And I'm thinking, Lord, how am I going to pay this? The Lord reminded me to fix my eyes back to Him. And I did not wait for five, six sleepless nights. That night I remembered that I have to come before the Lord. Because previous days, my friends have been coming out of the register and saying, I'm free. Because they have paid in full. I'm thinking, Lord, when's my time? And my heart is pounding every single day. And looking back, thinking, maybe my friends have run out of money. And maybe they, they were not heeding the call of the Holy Spirit. And I was just like problematic during that day. And that night, I, I knelt before God. I, I, I cried in the presence of God. So I started telling God what to do. And I was complaining and I was crying. I had that sleepless night. And the Lord somehow compelled me. Open your Bible. The first thing that somehow, before I opened my Bible, there was this verse that came out. Psalms 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Amen? So I stood still before the presence of God and the Lord reminded me, Jem, who have been taking care of you for the past three months and a half that you were here? Again, friends, I forgot. We are forgetful creatures, aren't we? I forgot, so I said, I'm sorry, sorry, Lord, it was all you. So I said to him, okay, dear Father, I give this to you. I surrender this back to you again. It should not belong on my shoulders. So the moment I said that, friends, I slept like a baby. I had total peace. The next day, when I reported to class, there was this registrar who was waiting who was waiting, and he said, Jem, can I speak to you in my office? Actually, her office is just inside the classroom. 
There's another door there. So that was the longest 30 steps of my life. Every step was heavy and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? So the moment she sat me down, she asked me, so I think you know the reason why you're here, huh? I said, mm-hmm. I said, so you know you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then she lifted up a piece of paper. And that piece of paper is actually my statement of account. When I saw numbers, my dear friends, I just looked down. I'm thinking, what am I going to say? And then she said, Jen, I want to talk to you about this. Still, I was looking down. And she repeated, Jen, I want to talk to you about this. Still, I was looking down. So she stood up from her chair and she went in front of me, Jen, I want to talk to you about this. She pointed at the bottom right of the statement of account and I saw there was a stamp fully paid. Balance zero. The moment I saw that, my dear friends, I just broke down. My whole body began to shake. Tears just flowed and I don't know where they come from. And now when she saw me crying, she picked me up, hugged me, and now both of us were crying. And friends, I'm a very talkative person. I'm a prayer leader, but for the first time, I was speechless. I don't even know what to pray and how to pray. The moment I opened my mouth, the only words that came out was, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She sat me down. And she said, Jem, before I close the office last night, I received a phone call. And this person asked for your entire balance and issued a whole amount of check for your tuition fee. Isn't God an amazing God, friends? And then I look back on that night. What was I doing during that night? I was weeping before God. I was telling God what to do. I was complaining. I was asking. I was just like opening my heart to the Lord, being, being gem. And then I did not even realize, friends, that God was busy answering my prayer. He already answered my prayer before I could even complain. And then there's this beautiful verse in Isaiah 65, verse 24, that reminds me, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they were yet speaking, I will hear. Friends, don't we serve a faithful God? Don't we serve a faithful God that deserves a lot of our attention? The God that we should take Him at His word because He has never failed us. Time and time again, friends, we have failed Him. We have failed Him miserably. And yet, He did not give us what we deserve. He's still faithful. He keeps on chasing after us until He gets our attention. And this is one thing I, I look back on and I regret. I said, Lord, there's only one regret right now that I have. Why did I give my life to you at a time that I was still younger? You know what the, Lord, the Lord's reply? It's never too late. Amen? God is so good. He never stops chasing after us, calling us by name. And I remember the reason why I hesitated giving my life to the Lord before. Because some people said, when you give your life to the Lord, remember, it's not going to be a bed of roses all the time. And I was afraid. I was a selfish little Filipino and I'm thinking, I want to live my life. I don't want, I don't want to be a missionary. I don't want to suffer. Because missionaries, when they come to our church, they give this beautiful testimony. I'm thinking, no, they're exaggerating it. They're just wanting people to suffer with them. And my dear friends, you know what? I begin to realize that that statement is true. When you give your life to the Lord, it's not going to be a bed of roses. You'll face trials. My dear friends, the same is true when you don't give your life to the Lord. You'll face trial as well. But you'll be facing it alone. But here, no matter how big the trial is, your God is bigger than any trial, all combined. And friends, I realize that that statement is not true, but it's not finished. The life with God is not going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be a bed of blessings. Because even the worst case scenario when God is on your side, that will be transformed into the most beautiful blessing. Can you say amen? amen. We have a huge God, friends. We have a powerful God. We have an awesome God. And He deserves our all.
He deserves the heart that He has given us. And friends, look back. Anything that we say is our possession is not actually ours. Even your breath is not yours. Your life is not yours. These are just lent to us. We should give it back to the one who holds it best. It should be Him. He's the one who could manage our life better than we could. And I, I realized, oh Lord, if I'd given you my life earlier, there could have been more adventures. It could have been more amazing turnarounds. Friends, you know what? The Lord is not done with us yet. The Lord is not done with me. And before I close, I'd like to invite those people whom the Lord has been speaking to. And I know there's quite a few of us here. There's quite a number of us. The Lord has been speaking to your heart even before the year ended. Friends, I'd like to give you this opportunity. If you want to say to the Lord, Lord, this 2019, this year, may it be you leading on me. I want to see you working, working your power in my life. Let this be a vessel that Christ will be lifted up, that Christ will be seen. If that is your desire, I'd like to ask you to come here and I'll, I'll offer a special word of prayer for you. Come. You know what? When I look back, there's so many times that I hesitated. There's so many times that I, I pulled back from God and thinking, Oh Lord, when I look back right now, heaven, heaven is too precious. There's nothing worth losing heaven for. Amen? Come closer, friends. Come closer. Let's give room for those who are still coming. And just imagine, just imagine if God's people will be a people who would not hold back anything from Him, will say, Lord, I give it all. I give it all. Take all of me to finish your work. Just imagine how, how Jesus will be seen here in Loma Linda. Come closer, friends. Come. Let's stop living life without power. Let's start living life. Living life to the fullest, not for our sake. For our sake, friends, it's for our glory. It's pointless. It should all be for the glory of God. Everything that we do, every time we sing, every time we're given an opportunity to share God, may it be something that we'll be bragging about how powerful your God is. How faithful God has been in your life. And my dear friends, God will give you more reasons to brag about Him. He is a faithful God. And He'll always be faithful. And I'd like to read this, this quote. You know what? Ellen White has one regret as well. I'll read to you her regret. This is found in Signs of the Times, October 28, 1889, paragraph 9. It says, I have spent the last 40 years of my life in the service of God. And my only regret is that I have not given every hour of my life to His work. I feel that if that it is my duty, I feel that it is my duty to have every power of my being de devoted to Him. I often wish that the curtain which separates heaven from earth could be swept back and that we might behold the glories of the eternal world and have a more vivid sense of the great sacrifice made for man, that the weight that we might understand more fully what high claims heaven has for us. My dear friends, it is time to see the eternal. It is time to see the invisible. My dear friends, stop looking at things and stop living for things that are temporary. There's no point of living life living for temporary things. Live for eternal things. Live for God. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, our faithful Father. Lord, thank you so much for reminding us of that beautiful song that all that we have needed, you have already provided. Amen. Every step of the way, dear Father, you have been there for us, even though so many times that we have been running, deliberately running away from you. Dear God, we praise you and we thank you for your ever-pursuing love, for your relentless love towards us. And thank you, Lord, that you do not give up that easily upon us. And thank you so much, Lord, that you do not stop until you get our attention. 
And today, dear Father, you have our attention. And thank you so much, Lord, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray in a very special way that you please forgive us. Forgive us for the delay that we have caused. Forgive us, dear Lord, that uh, the reason why a lot of our brothers and sisters have not seen Jesus is because of us. So, dear Father, I pray right now that you please accept, accept our apology. Lord, give us a repentant heart. Give us a heart, dear Father, that would be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And give us the courage, dear Lord, the humility to bow before you and accept what you want us to do. And Lord, I pray in a very special way, especially for, for brothers and sisters who wants to come to you. And, and Lord, we are coming together and asking you, dear Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We ask, dear Father, that you please use us. This 2019, this is yours, O oh Lord. This life is yours. And Lord, we don't have the right to hold back anything. Everything belongs to you. So dear God, I ask that you please take all, all of us, dear Father. Don't leave anything. Only leave the burden for souls. Amen. And dear God, I ask that you please bless what we have laid at the altar. And thank you so much, Lord, for reminding us of the story of Abraham that says, there's nothing that, w there's nothing that we possess that is too precious to give up to you. So, Lord, I ask that whatever it is that the enemy will use to weigh us down, to help us, to make us back down from our commitment that, that we make to you today, Lord, please help us to look back on what you have given up for us. Help us, Lord, to see the price of the sacrifice of your son. And Lord, I pray that starting from now on, help us to take you seriously, O oh Lord. Help us not to move without your presence. Help us not to move without your leading. And Lord, I pray in a very special way that you please anoint this group of people. Anoint each one, dear Father, with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And dear Father, I pray that you please Anoint us from the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet. Make us overflow, O Lord. And dear Father, help us that when we come out of this place, that our friends, our families will notice that we have been with Jesus. And dear God, I ask that you please give us a hunger. Give us a thirst for you that we have not experienced before. And Lord, our prayer is take our hearts for we cannot give it. It is thy property. Please keep it pure, for we cannot keep it for Thee. Save us in spite of ourselves, our weak and Christ-like selves. Mold us, fashion us, and lift us to the pure and holy atmosphere where the rich current of Thy love can flow through our souls. And Lord, we praise You and thank You for Your promise now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Lord, we give you our lives. Use it, Lord, for the glory of your name. We ask this, dear Father, in the loving name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www dot audioverse dot org